mentioned, uh, we're launching the new series called It Takes More Than Me. And there's even something to that title which may cause you to, to somewhat cringe because there's this thing in me and I'm sure in you that there's this idea of, what do you mean it takes more than just me? I mean, I am all I have. I can do what I need to do. I'm self-sufficient. Uh, but there's actually a bigger picture in life going on because the fact that uh, we were created from something other than ourselves. So even the fact that we're here uh, took more than us. And that makes complete sense when you break it down like that. But there's something in us that, again, uh, self-sufficiency is important to us. Uh, standing on our own two, two feet should be important to us. Being somewhat independent. Uh, obviously, as adults, that's the goal that we have for how life works. There's actually something that goes beyond this idea of independence and self-sufficiency. And in this series, we're going to be talking about the fact that to really be the person that, that God wants you to be, to actually experience the life that God wants you to have, uh, there's key things that need to happen for that to occur. And we're going to be spending the next five weeks uh, looking at that. And wanted to just illustrate, yesterday I went to the food bank with some, some crew here in L.A., and you'll see some pictures up there. And... If this picture just had me right in the middle and all those fruit and all those boxes and the crates and the little pulley thing that you slide the boxes, which actually is pretty fun. You never quite know if it's going to launch right off there onto the floor. Uh, the food bank wouldn't happen. If you scroll, let's look at some more. Okay, we've got some wrapping there. We've got the crates. Now, the goal of the food bank is to load food up into crates like this, onto pallets like that. They get distributed to different places around L.A. County that go to different people that don't have to eat. Very important. There's no way that I myself could load the fruit into the box, the box onto the pallet, and then the pallet to the different places that distribute food. It just doesn't work. And as I was serving yesterday, it's a lot of fun, but I thought if I was by myself, this would be like the most depressing mission project ever. You're like, hey, keep going, guys. I'm it. I'm just encouraging myself, and my, my back's really sore, and I'm hurting, and I don't know how to operate a forklift, and so I'm crashing into walls, and food's not getting places, and it becomes depressing. And life is kind of like this. We have different goals that we have for life, and goals may be different. Uh, peace may be really important to people. Uh, they want peace. They, they just don't want life to kind of be stressful. And, you, you know, you have a stressful week and what you think through is like, oh, I just I just want to relax. Like you just want an evening where you can just kind of watch TV and you don't have to think about anything. You can just get in your black hole. Anyone ever experienced that? Right. And sometimes as you get older and the more responsibility you have that like the peace that you really want, you, you don't have. And it, it just bears on you or you, you want happiness and you try to figure out how can I get it? Or you want meaning, you want purpose. There's all the different things that kind of deep down we want in life. And what tends to happen is we approach life sometimes like we have the goals of a food bank. We want to make something big and we want to make a difference. But it's like by ourselves, we can't do everything. We can't load all the things in our life to make our goals happen. We can't kind of get it to the places that it needs to go. And we can't get to where we want to be. And it's just like a person that's by themselves trying to do something that can't be done by one person. And so this series is going to look at that there's actually something bigger going on besides just me and besides just you. And we're going to talk through how God has made us 
and how he has connected and wants to connect us to a group of people. And as we relate to people, we find that we may have a puzzle in our life with all the different pieces. But as as we just try to kind of focus on ourselves and doing things for with our own power and maybe being self-sufficient, that it's like a puzzle where there's a, a missing piece. And there's a picture up here I want to show. Now, that is also a depressing puzzle. If I went to my kids right now and I said, hey, I made this puzzle for you. Isn't that so awesome? They would have different reactions. My seven-year-old would say, whatever, Dad. You know, I don't watch Winnie the Pooh anymore. Uh, my four-year-old would say, Dad, you, you didn't finish it. And my two-year-old would say, ah, something like that. Uh, but the bottom line is, is this puzzle, it, it, it's not complete. There's a missing piece. In fact, it's not just like you can get around it. It's like right in the middle. I mean, every one of us can look and say that's Winnie the Pooh, but he's not complete. He's missing, and that's how life is when we try to do things by ourselves. And the reality is is self-help can only take you so far. You can read dozens of self-help books. You can go to lots of seminars. You can hear different strategies. You can actually become a better person in your work and in your relationships. But self-help can only get you so far. That's actually reality of life. You cannot do it by yourself. And so I want to paint this picture of how God, knowing that we cannot complete the puzzle by ourselves, how God has actually shown us this bigger picture where the puzzles he puts together and the picture becomes complete. And so over the the next few weeks, we're going to be looking through the book of Ephesians and pulling out some truths about this idea of that it takes more than me. And it really does. It takes more than me for my life to be filled with meaning, uh, to, be, to have purpose uh, beyond just the ho-hum of life, the mundane. And it takes more than me to grow into the person that I'm supposed to be. And so we're going to spend some time doing that. It takes more than me, but what's so important in that, it actually takes a family of a different kind. You need to be connected to a different family. And God wants you to bring you into that family and from him as our father in a new family This is where the puzzle pieces of our life, the different goals that we have, the different things that we think make us complete. This is how God puts it all together. And so I want to kind of set some big picture perspective that we're going to kind of walk on over the next few weeks. So this is kind of an intro to the series. But I want to start in the book of Ephesians because it actually gives a really good picture of what does it mean to be in God's family? Because from there is really where this idea of it takes more than me flows from. Because if it takes more than you, you have to know where to be connected so you're not just by yourself. And we choose different places. There's different groups that we want to be a part of. Frats, sororities, clubs, work, this group at work, certain family members. There's all these people that we choose to connect with. And what what God is doing is he wants to get our attention to show us actually the meaning and the purpose that you want in your life actually flows, flows from being connected To my family. God wants to connect you to his family. And so the book of Ephesians sets it up and kind of gives a a a characterization of what life in God's family looks like. And so you may be in God's family and this message may be just a reminder of what life in the family is like. You may be investigating Christianity and trying to figure out what does this mean? There's something more than just myself. And so this is just maybe some big picture things that 
you may have visited before, you may have thought, not thought that much about, but we're going to dig into the book of Ephesians and kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about life in the family. So Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 says this. You can follow along in your listening outline. It should be in your program. You can also look on the screen. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So I don't know if you've kind of heard or saw on the screen there how many times you get this picture of the blessed life or blessings and this is really true about god he wants to have a relationship with every single one of us to actually bless us not to be distant and apathetic to what's going on in your life but actually to know what's going on to be involved and to actually walk with you through life this is god he's up close and he's personal And this passage is describing the blessings that flow from the God who wants to be where we are. And so that's very important because if it takes more than me, we have to realize that it actually begins with a God who wants a relationship with every single one of us. So once we connect to him, then the picture becomes more complete. And this passage actually is designed, it gives clarity, it gives hope. This is where blessings flow. This is where the holes in your puzzle, as you do like God's way, are no longer holes, but you see God working for your good. And this passage is setting this thing that God has been doing this from the beginning of time. He wants a relationship with you. And those that choose him, life flows differently. So we're going to walk through this. As, as God adopts you into his family, that's kind of the first step, as as he adopts you into his family, a few things happen. Ephesians 1, 3 says this. This is how God grows us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse 5 says this. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So that phrase, according to the purpose of his will, is a very important phrase. Because it's basically saying that God actually has a purpose in mind for your life that you did not even know. And because he knew it, he has a plan for how that purpose can come about. And it happens through adoption, spiritual adoption. And so when you choose to go God's way and to actually follow him and make your life about doing what he wants to do as your father... You become adopted into a spiritual family. Like I mentioned, he wants to be close and at hand. He wants to be engaged in your life, not distant. He wants to lead you in love. He wants to show you the best kind of life. And so as you're adopted in God's family, you actually, in the Bible, in the scriptures, you get this, here's the family rule book. This is how we relate to each other. This is how our attitude should be. This is what we should do. This is what we shouldn't do. And if you've been in a part of family, you know that there's actually some good rules that exist. Like with my kids, you have to go to bed at some point, right? But summer, it dorks them up. 
because they think as long as it's light, it's up time. But it's like 9, 930 and it's not dark yet. And, you know, mom and dad are like, that's great, but we need a little time. We need a little time. And so rules are important. Like, you know what? You, you actually have to go to bed because if you don't go to bed, your life's not going to be good tomorrow. And probably everyone else's life won't be that good tomorrow either. So family rules are important. So what God is doing, he adopts us because of the purpose of his will. His idea is to have a relationship with us. We didn't think, you know, it'd be really great to connect with God. He actually wants to connect with us. He is the initiator. He is God. And so the key way he wants to grow us is he wants to adopt us. He wants to say... He wants to show that even though you've been a part of a family and even though you have certain values and even though you may be trying to do things by yourself. God wants to make you his son and his daughter. And then he'll show you as you commit to him and as you live life his way, he'll show you the family rules. That's why reading the Bible is so important. In the Bible, you find the family rule book of God's family. And you're going to react sometimes like toddlers, like, no, I don't want to do that. You kind of stomp your feet. I got, no. Well, that, that's life in the family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I don't want to do it. You could, if, if you haven't known, I have three young kids. This sometimes comes out in messages, you know, like this is where I am in my life. But it's true. I find I sometimes relate to God like a toddler. Because his rules, I'm just, how does it work? And I, I don't want to choose that. And I... I growl too, like my two-year-old sometimes. It just kind of comes out. Ah. But life in the family is very different than life by yourself. And it happens through adoption. Another way that God grows us as we move from me to we, from realizing it's, it is more than me, there's something bigger that I need to connect to, uh, he trains us to be like him. See, God cannot train us to be like him unless he is our father, unless the adoption has happened. So he wants to connect us to the family. And then from that, he wants to actually train us to be like him. This is found in verses four through six from that passage. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. What this passage is basically saying is that God's goal is for his kids to grow in character like his. He adopts us and he actually wants to train us. He wants us to become more like him. And when we're by ourselves and trying to figure out life by ourselves through our logic, through our reasoning, through our own experiences, trying to make sense out of everything that we're experiencing, we're actually missing the creator of the world who wants to actually give us insight into how life really works. This is very helpful for me personally. I realize that I don't really know as much as I need to know to make the most out of this life. I just don't. I have limited knowledge. I have limited experiences. I have limited wisdom. But God, as he wants to train me to be like him, I actually am opened up to a new world, God's way. And that brings so much hope because I don't have to keep ramming my head against the same door every time. God actually says, you know what? You can turn the knob and it opens. 
And as I obey him, I walk through it and it opens me up to new life, new opportunity, new journey. That's what God does. And so he trains us. Now, he trains us in in two key characters. And in the passage, you find that holy and blameless. And that's that's in verse uh, three, I believe. He chose us to be holy and blameless. So I want to talk just a little bit about holiness and blameless. We don't really use those words much. But part of the training that happens is God is saying to be in my family, holiness and blameless. This is how you resemble me. This is part of the family resemblance. You've been adopted and I'll train you and you're going to learn what it means to be holy and blameless. And here's holiness. All of life, once you're adopted, needs to begin to come under the authority of God. And this happens over time. Once you commit your life to Christ, you make him the boss. He's going to continue to show you different areas that need to come under his authority, which means the things that you're doing your own way without considering if that's what God wants for your life. You have to start asking the question, God, should I do this? Should I say that anymore? Should I go there like I've been going? Should I think that like I've been thinking? So it's important you have to actually begin to bring things under the authority of God. We want to be pure and purposeful in in every aspect of life. So if we're adopted into his family and we want to grow like our father, then we want to do things and say things and think things in the way that resemble the father who adopted us. So this is the process of growth. But it takes more than me to do that. I need people that are encouraging me that are challenging me. And I need God himself to show me. And he does, and he speaks through his scriptures. He gives me a sense of how to become more holy before him, how to bring more things out of my life that are out of his authority into his authority. The other aspect is, is blameless. Now, if I'm a parent to my kids, and I say, you know what, guys? We've been out of line recently. Today, you're all going to be blameless. We're not going to do anything wrong. What do you think my kids are going to do? All right, Dad, I'm going to be up in my room and shut the door and just don't come out. Because how can you live up to that expectation? You can't be blameless. But what God is doing and what he's saying here is, as you're adopted, there is hope for you despite what you've done, despite what you've said and the things that you've thought. Because you've actually been adopted that's made possible through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself is blameless. He lived the perfect life. When we commit our life to Christ, we're saying that I am not blameless. I can't do anything in one day that's fully good, that's fully perfect. I can't do it. But when you're adopted into the family, you realize that it's through Jesus Christ that the adoption is made possible. It is through him that we can become blameless. So that's why Jesus is the central figure of Christianity, because there's no way for adoption to happen because we've messed up. We've gone our own way. But Jesus came to show us. That he. Takes our mistakes, our sins, all the bad choices, and he took it on himself. That we could have forgiveness. For our sins. So that's at the core of how this adoption works. We're blameless because of Jesus. Now, what it means in the family 
is that when you do mess up and you say something you shouldn't say to somebody close to you or you have an attitude with a coworker and you're really coming against them and you don't want them to succeed and they're really bothering you and you just get that point when you just vent and you let them know how you're feeling you realize, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Part of being blameless in God's family is when, when it's messed up, you, you clean it up. You go back and you, you humble yourself and you know what? That attitude was not right. Will you forgive me for that? I was just thinking about myself and I could have helped you and I chose not to. Imagine what a coworker would do like, whoa, 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 let's calm down now. It's okay. But that's life in the family. We operate differently. Not because we have special power within ourselves. It's because, again, we're connected to God through Jesus. And over time, as you do life his way, you have a new reflex. And so it starts with adoption. Then it starts through a process of once you commit your life to Christ, that God begins to train you. And he wants you to learn what it means to be holy. And he wants you to learn what it means to be blameless. When things get messed up, you clean it up. This is life in the family. But here's the good news. There's also something that goes on within that, that he, God realizes that, that, you know what? We can't be an only child and fully figure this out. He wants to connect us with brothers and sisters, and this is where the church comes in. And so it begins with God. It takes more than me. I need God. And then it takes more than me. I need a group of people who are following God, who also have committed that he is my father. He has adopted me, and I want to live life in the family of God. And so that's where the church comes in. When a group of people who are in the same family want to please the same father, we actually can move together to accomplish something. And so we all need to be known. And we need to know others. Uh, we need to care and we need to be cared for. Uh, we need to be accepted. We need to belong. Uh, we need to be served and we need to serve others. This can happen in the family. Now, the family isn't just focused on themselves. The family actually thinks, how do we grow the family? How do we let people know that this family is a family that's growing and our father wants you to be in the family too? And so we treat each other in a certain way and we do certain things to expand the family. So it takes more than me. I need God. It takes more than me. I actually need a group of people. And when a group of people come together and they do life a certain way, God uses that to not only bless the people who interact with the group, but it also blesses each individual as they realize it's not just about me, my agenda, my goals, my priorities. It's not about my five-year plan. It's not about my 10-year plan. It's not about my 25-year plan. If you have a 25-year plan, you are amazing. But it takes more than me. Then what if your 25-year plan is not right? And so God is doing something to complete empty parts of your life and the places where the puzzles aren't connecting and he wants to show you a new picture see in this the puzzle that you saw okay it's a picture of winnie the pooh and you got to put that place in the middle and here's the picture what happens when you are adopted you had a picture in mind you actually get a brand new picture and it's far better than any picture you had and that's the truth you're seeing a beauty and you're seeing a picture that you cannot know without adoption from God himself. 
And so over the next four weeks after today, we're going to be talking more about the characteristics of being in God's family. What that means for us as individuals and what that means for us as a group. And we're going to be looking at essential qualities that are necessary to actually experience the kind of life that God wants us to have. The first uh, is integrity. We're going to talk through how integrity actually makes life better. And if you're like me, you hear integrity, you're like, okay, I won't lie. I won't say things I shouldn't say. There's kind of this vague idea of integrity. But we're going to actually dig down a little bit deeper and talk about maybe the things in our life that we do that create a wake, that create a ripple effect that actually is not good. That has a negative impact. And we're going to kind of unpack that and look through how do we actually live a life of integrity that makes a difference in real life. Uh, we're going to talk about love. It's another essential quality that, that God shows. Maybe you have an idea of what love is. And he, he, he takes us and he give, kind of expands that, that picture. We're going to talk about humility. And we're going to talk about forgiveness. And these essential qualities are crucial for moving from just me to we, with me and God and a group of people, the church. And so also over the next few weeks, I mentioned them briefly in announcements, but we're going to be talking about life groups. Having a group of people that you can connect with and actually talk about what's going on in your life, that's actually very important. Because the idea of it takes more than me means that you actually have to be connected to a group. And on a Sunday morning, it's very difficult to do that. And so we hope that you can plug into one of those groups. Also, the idea of serving. That's how the essential qualities God wants to grow in you. That's how it happens. As you choose to get past yourself, God builds something within you where your values begin to change, where... Maybe sleeping in isn't as important as helping somebody. And that doesn't even seem to make sense, does it? Because sleeping in is of high value. But there's something that happens when you're adopted and when you begin to do life God's way. Or even if you're trying to explore what Christianity is all about, there's this, this thing that God does where you begin to see these different values. And it happens through service and it happens through actually talking with people about real life things. So as we're talking about life groups... I want to encourage you to get in one of those. As we're talking about serving, I want to encourage you to, to try that out as well. These are key for learning that life is more than me. And so I, I want to invite you back for this series. Uh, I want to ask you to complete the connection card as I wrap up the message. If you want to pull that out right now and, and finish filling that out, there's a few things uh, that you can take this week as next steps. Uh, the, the first one is uh, make it a priority to attend the rest of the It Takes More Than Me series. Decide that you'll come back. Maybe it's just there's something you just need to learn about. How can I actually have some character qualities that are not completely comfortable in my life yet, that I may not know, that I may not live out, that I may not understand. Uh, so I encourage you to come back and see how God works these in relationships. Maybe you want to consider... Uh, joining a service team, uh, you want to consider joining a life group. Uh, if you're in challenge at USC, there's also opportunities as they offer groups and as they offer opportunities to serve, it's the same principle. So look for ways where you can plug in. Look for ways where you can get past isolation to actually moving towards the group there on campus. That's very important. 
And so I want to encourage you guys to come back. As I wrap up the service, the band's going to come up and we're going to receive our offering. And you can drop that completed connection card in there. Why don't you guys pray with me as the band comes up? God, thanks for uh, the, the hope that you give in knowing that by ourselves, we actually are incomplete. And to admit that initially is difficult because we do want to do things by ourselves and we do want to kind of bring about the things that we want in our life uh, on our own timing and our, in our own way. Uh, but God, you, you actually want us to experience something better than that we can fabricate or we can create within ourselves. And so we, we actually want to trust you. Uh, for those of us that are just having a difficult time believing that you are who you say you are, I, I pray, God, that you will uh, show us just different things in our thinking that that could help us just see you for who you are. And for those of us that just lost connection with people and we're just kind of by ourselves, God, give us the steps to take. Instead of waiting for people to come to us, help us to take the initiative uh, this week to connect with somebody, to find out what's going on in somebody's life. And so we ask for your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.